right, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you're in Real America's Voice. Slick Rick's here with sports. Rick Delgado's here with the news. What even is that tonight? Odds makers tonight, a busy Friday show. Glad you're a part of it. Rick Delgado, how are you? I am well. How about yourself? Very good. Very good. Thanks for stepping in last night, last minute. My son had a playoff basketball game that they moved the time right to 820 so there's nothing i could do my wife's away in florida with my daughter at dance competition <laughs> so it's just crazy it's just crazy so uh, i know that got you guys uh, had a great show i was watching some of the comments and everything slick rick how are you i'm doing great on this veterans day the most important holiday we could ever have i texted a few veterans earlier today then thanked them for their service friends of mine from that were in vietnam and it was uh good stuff happy veterans we day will- And we will spend most of this show honoring our veterans, talking about Veterans Day. Um, And everybody has somebody who I'm sure they are thinking about today as we honor every all veterans who made sacrifice. Um, And I know we separate we separate out Veterans Day and Memorial Day, but it's hard not to think about both. Obviously, on both days, people who gave the ultimate sacrifice and people who have served this country and many family members, my dad, my father in law. My dad's brothers, my cousins right now, young kids serving. My cousin Farrell right now is enlisted. Gabe, I believe, um, is still enlisted as well. So uh, we all have family members serving now, I'm sure, or know somebody very close to us. And we honor all of them who defend this country, the greatest country in the world, who have gone all over the world to do it, have taken that flag all over the world to defend it, the red, white, and blue. Um, without thinking about anything. No, uh, they, don't, they don't think about gender, color, race, religion. They defend that flag. They put themselves on the front lines and harm's risk all over the world in every hellhole you could think of. Defend our liberty, our constitution, and our way of life. And we thank all of them for it today. So and we will spend, like I said, a great deal of this segment and this show honoring them and talking about them And um, I actually read something about Veterans Day today written by Captain James Poplar III, U.S. Navy. Um, And he said November 11th marks Veterans Day, as we all know, previously designated as Armistice Day to commemorate the end of World War I, the war to end all wars. Hostilities ceased on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month of 1918 when the armistice between the allies and Germany went into effect. People often confuse Veterans Day with Memorial Day. In May, Veterans Day celebrates the service of all US military veterans, while Memorial Day honors those who have died while in military service. And he goes on through his 30 years uh, veteran of the United States Navy. He's witnessed many things, obviously, as he, as he built his career through, through the Navy and going into even um, some of the trends in our military that he didn't like, to see some of them then reversed, uh, then into our integrated strategy of shock and awe, enabling the United States to conduct precise and integrated air and sea strikes during the first Iraq war without any challenge. Our Our forces destroyed Iraq's ground air, naval forces with ease, and our adversary, the Soviet Union, which had trained and supplied Iraq in that era, was stunned by the United States in a swift victory. Veterans were once again thanked by a grateful nation. Welcome home parades became the norm instead of vicious confrontations that they saw earlier in the 40s, 50s, 60s. 
Subsequently, as a commanding officer of the USS Rushmore, we provided support to Operation Restore Hope in Somalia. Here I witnessed our new proud and revitalized military providing humanitarian aid to those who would have starved without our assistance. During this operation, our mission shifted to peacekeeping among the country's numerous warlords. Unfortunately, the debacle of Black Hawk Down transpired as forces on the ground were denied support. Shortly thereafter, as a member of the Navy staff on the Pentagon of 9-11, I lost 27 of my good friends and shipmates when Flight 77 plowed into the office where I had worked just two weeks before. Subsequently, while assigned to joint staff during our war on terrorism, I saw their loss avenged as we struck the Taliban swiftly and without hesitation and eventually brought Osama bin Laden to justice. I suspect that my experience as a United States veteran is typical to many others who have seen our military in both its highs and its lows. Many of us armchair warriors now wonder how our military will respond to an almost inevitable confrontation with communist China as that country vows to achieve world domination through both economic and military means. Although resigned to watch our withdrawal from Afghanistan on the sidelines, I have to wonder if military leaders such as my former boss, who was a highly decorated US Army Ranger, would have left those who had helped this nation behind on the field of battle in Afghanistan. One will never know, but somehow I suspect we would have witnessed a different outcome. While we will debate how wars in Vietnam, Iraq, and Afghanistan were mismanaged, one thing remains clear. The bravery and sacrifice of our American troops in the face of adversity is a constant reminder of who we are as a nation. On Veterans Day, please thank a veteran for his service and do not be surprised if he responds, thank you, you were worth it. Because at the end of the day, that's what this is all about. One selfless service to preserve your individual freedom and liberty. And I think that's an appropriate uh, way to start this Veterans Day show. And uh, I think another appropriate way to do it would be to go back and look at one of our favorite presidents who I know revered this day, um, gave many speeches about it. And we're gonna go back and look at some of them. And that would be, of course, President Ronald Reagan and some of his speeches to our veterans uh, over the years. And I thought this would be a nice way to look at Veterans Day. G, roll it. Those who live today remember those who do not. Those who know freedom remember today those who gave up life for freedom. Today, in honor of the dead, we conduct ceremonies. We lay wreaths, we speak words of tribute, and in our memories, in our hearts, we hold them close to us still. Throughout America today, we honor the dead of our wars. We recall their valor and their sacrifices. We remember they gave their lives so that others might live. A grateful nation opens her heart today in gratitude for their sacrifice, for their courage, and for their noble service. A few moments ago, I placed a wreath at the tomb of the unknown soldier. And as I stepped back and stood during the moment of silence that followed, I said a small prayer. And it occurred to me that each of my predecessors has had a similar moment. And I wondered if our prayers weren't very much the same if not identical. We celebrate Veterans Day on the anniversary 
of the armistice that ended World War I. Sometime back, I received, in the name of our country, the bodies of four Marines who had died while on active duty. I said then that there is a special sadness that accompanies the death of a serviceman, for we're never quite good enough to them. Not really, we can't be, because what they gave us is beyond our powers to repay. And so when a serviceman dies, it's a tear in the fabric, a break in the hole, and all we can do is remember that with them, we are the last best hope of man on earth. Without them, we are little more than the crust of a continent. When I am some thousands of miles away, believe me, the memory and the importance of this day will be in the forefront of my mind and in my heart. Words alone cannot express our gratitude to the brave men and women who took on the task of protecting our country from foreign threats and aggression. President Coolidge once said, the nation which forgets its defenders will be itself forgotten. Nothing is more important to the soul of America than remembering and honoring those who gave of themselves so that we might enjoy the fruits of peace and liberty. On this day, dedicated to American veterans, we honor the brave men and women who have by their service preserved our liberty. Our parades are a celebration of freedom. Our banner is old glory, and we hold her high and proud. This is the legacy of the brave men and women that we honor today. So let us go forth from here having learned the lessons of history, confident in the strength of our system and anxious to pursue every avenue toward peace. This Veterans Day offers more reason than ever to think about what these special people mean to America. If we remember that their dedicated service is in defense of our freedom, and if we understand that they put their lives on the line so we might enjoy justice and liberty, then their sacrifices will not be in vain. This is our obligation, and this has been the spirit of Veterans Day from the beginning. Yes, veterans have given their best for all of us, and we must continue to do our best by them. Our hearts turn also to our disabled veterans. Their sacrifices and hardship endure every day of the year. A compassionate government will show them that we do remember and honor them. When you see one of our young men and women in uniform on the street or someplace, how about a smiling hello and maybe a thank you? Veterans know better than anyone else the price of freedom, for they've suffered the scars of war. We can offer them no better tribute than to protect what they have won for us. That is our duty. They have never let America down. We will not let them down. Let us remember all those who fought so freedom itself could once more live and thrive. And let us pray that for the cause of freedom, it shall always be said in the words of the Psalms, the Lord shall preserve thy going out and coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. All those who served in America's uniform deserve the nation's thanks. To show our gratitude, I'm about to do something I've been looking forward to for a long time. Sign the bill that creates a cabinet-level department of veterans' affairs. This bill gives those who have borne America's battles, who've defended the borders of freedom, who've protected our nation's security in war and in peace, it gives them what they've deserved for so long a seat at the table 
in our national affairs. And so in signing this bill, I'm saying to all our veterans what I say to new cabinet members, welcome aboard. And I'm not talking about bullets or guns, but about heart and spirit. Once again, young Americans wear their uniforms and serve their flag with honor and pride. From the NATO lines to the demilitarized zone of Korea, and at bases and ports all across America and all over the world, young Americans are carrying on in your footsteps, in the courageous footsteps of those who stood in harm's way so that others might have a chance to find freedom, peace, and happiness. You know, every time I see a young serviceman or woman, I get a lump in my throat thinking of how lucky we are to have them serving our country and protecting our freedom with real honor, courage, and competence. I'll never stop working as hard as I can to make sure that our nation keeps its special commitment to those who served, to those who have kept the torch of liberty burning brightly. Because of you, America's best days are still to come. And with faith, freedom, and courage, there's no limit to what America can and will accomplish. Start the show. Oh, yeah. Great words from a great president. All right. We'll get it rolling when we get back. Right after this. A mom. A dad. A child. A spouse. A relative, a neighbor, a loyal friend. From a recent war, or one long ago, a soldier, a sailor, a marine, an airman, a hero. Every veteran has a different story, but all answered the same call of dedicating their lives to protecting everyone else's. Join us as we simply say thank you. I like the 6B, 17 past the hour on a Friday night, Ooh. Veterans Day. And we're, I know, just amazing, right? Yeah, it tugs at the, uh, it tugs at the old heartstrings. Yes, it does. Yes, it does, and it comes uh, like second nature to all of them. But uh, it absolutely does. So, uh, and when you and when you see some, when you see that, Geo picked all this great stuff out tonight for the show. Uh, when you see that, you look at just again. Fran help. You th- and, oh, okay, <laughs> Fran, thank you. Fran help. And Fran help. Um, <laughs> good job. Uh, way to stand up. Geo's um, transparent. <laughs> what's amazing when you watch that is again um, these young men and women. They go all over this country, they go all over this world to, to, to defend that flag. And there's, they don't think about, well, anything. It is a, it is a colorless, um, you know, they just don't think about it. any of the nonsense that we, that we hear about. And, and it has unfortunately worked its way into some of our military. And it's just, uh, they don't, 
They don't ask, they don't ask about certain. Well, do I have to identify as this or identify as that? No, they don't. They just right. nothing. None of that. They just go. They just go. So um, it it is amazing to watch that stuff. So um, live from Studio Six B. Glad you're in. Let's do some news and some sports. Then we'll get to some of the election stuff. What's going on since the election stuff? We'll get into the Trump and DeSantis. Um, Whatever it is, we'll talk about that. <laughs> I'm gonna give you give you a little bit on both sides. Um, I think if you're getting hysterical about it, I, I mean, really, if you're getting apoplectic about it, I, I don't really. Maybe this is not. Maybe this is really. Maybe you should go watch more football. I mean, I don't think it's to that <laughs> level at all. I don't think anyone should be getting. I mean, we knew at some point these two are probably going to face off, and I've been saying, by the way. To a lot of people disagreeing with me that I, I don't think the two of them in a primary is a terrible idea. I, I think fight hard, fight fair. Um, but it can't be, it can't devolve into a WWE, you know, <laughs> deal. But iron sharpens iron and someone's going to come out. And then the, I think the two of them in the end are going to be, you know, but I just think people who are getting apoplectic about it in the last 24 hours are well, just maybe maybe a little over the top. Well, you know what it is? It's because it's being driven by what? It's being driven by headlines, by the media. This media. is what the media wants to do. They want to well, gin this up. Yep. Yeah, yeah you of know? course. They, I've got divide. clips of them already doing it today, yeah. already doing it today. So, all right, but let's start with some sports, then we'll get into all of that. Uh, and here with that is Slick Rick, Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? All right, but just a comment. Listening to Ronald Reagan and bringing me back to when I was a kid and hearing a president that could actually speak intelligibly, wrote incredibly, and just made you feel so confident about being a part of your country. I, I, I just went back for a minute, and, you know, I was in my teens and early 20s, and I have to tell you, that was the best time in my lifetime to have lived in America. It was the 80s, from 80 to 88. And after Ronnie left, you know, it just wasn't quite the same and I miss him and when we listen to the buffoon we have in office now and we play these crazy towns I go wow what this country has become <laughs> I mean I know I'm getting old but uh just yeah. had to say that big dig very impressed gee great job beautiful and with that just being warning, said there's a crazy town coming up later okay well, we never disappoint <laughs> I got I, I gotta get into it let's get into something that's all American eyes on heaven seven uh, in our get a chat is always asking me for the rodeo. So I got a rodeo because they're back in action. It was a little quiet last week, you know, and we missed a night, Tuesday night. But we got rodeo, the North American <laughs> Championship rodeo going on from November the 10th through the 12th. Louisville, Kentucky, and the great state of Kentucky. And it's going to be at Freedom Hall. It is at Freedom Hall. And uh, the results so far tonight, bareback riding. Ty Pope, 82 and a half points on Championship Pro Rodeo's Whiskey River, which sounds good to me in Kentucky. Steer wrestling, Cody Metzger, 5.1 seconds. Team roping, Ethan Griffin and Jace Steenhoek, 5.3 seconds. Saddle Bronc, Dylan Hancock, 84 and a half points on Dakota Rodeo's Pulp Fiction. That was a good movie back uh, in the day, right? pretty cool. Yeah. Tie-down roping, Chance Off the Doll, 7.8 seconds. Battle Racing, Austin Toby, 15.32. Now, that's a dang good score, Big D. And Bull Riding, Coy Thornson, 90 points on Three Hill Rodeo's Browser. Picked up $2,300. Total payout on the rodeo, $46,207 in the cold Kentucky rain. So that's uh, Kentucky <laughs> Rodeo. We'll have a full report on Monday for that now for you. Here we was. go, baby. 
Hey, Elvis, remember that song? It's a, song. I was going to say, it sounded a little Elvis. All right, let's go. <laughs> Commander's play is angered by organization's response to lawsuit from Attorney General. It's entertainment, Big D. Come on, we got to lighten up here, buddy. Washington Commander. This is from uh, Larry Brown Sports earlier today. Let's get into it. We got the Commanders here, right? Washington Commanders players are apparently not happy over one tactic the organization used while responding to a lawsuit from the D.C. Attorney General. After the Attorney General's office on Wednesday promised an announcement regarding the Commanders, the organization released a critical statement that seemed to be preemptive damage control. In the statement, the commanders criticized the attorney general's office for focusing on the team instead of out-of-control violent crimes in D.C., which is true, and uh, cited the shooting of rookie running back Brian Robinson three months ago as an example. The team player of rookie, uh, rookie Robinson there. And uh, this went down poorly in the commander's locker room, according to J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington. While players have tried to block out the drama surrounding owner Daniel Snyder and the team's legal issues, the invocation of Robinson's angered players, even if they will not say so publicly. It's pretty easy to see why players would be rubbed the wrong way in context. It's understandable to view the statement as an attempt to deflect from controversy, not out of actual concern for Robinson, who missed this first part of the season after being shot in an attempted carjacking. We've had that story on the show before. Uh, Ryan Williams, the agent for Washington Commanders running back Brian Robinson, called out the organization Wednesday night for including his client's name in a statement directed at the Washington, D.C. attorney general. The statement obviously did nothing to slow down the AG's uh, uh, office, which made extensive allegations against the team on Thursday as a part of a lawsuit. I saw some other news today that it looks like they're going to be forcing his hand big time, Dan Snyder, to sell that team. And there could be some repercussions for the hallowed NFL. So uh, there's a lot to be unwrapped here, Big D, and it's going to unravel over the next few weeks. So I'm going to keep our eyes on that. And that's a wrap in sports. All right, Slick Rick, thanks very much. We'll do some more sports. And the odds makers coming up tonight in the last segment of the show. We'll make our picks. If you haven't visited us on social media, on Getter at LFS6B, I have live video of what Monday is going to look like after Slick Rick <laughs> makes his picks. Uh, I, I give you a little look into the future, so you can go check that out at LFS6B on Getter. Uh, let's let's do a little news. We got some time, and then we'll do some more when we get back. And here with the news is Rick Delgado, who has a what even is that coming yes. up top oh, of the hour. Nice. You don't want to miss that. Uh, but what's going on in the news? Uh, real quick, uh, since we were talking about the the made up feud uh, that the media is doing, uh, Trump is also out there trying to uh, kind of tamp down some of these fictional stories as he apologizes to Melania and Hannity for fictional stories over the Oz back backing. We're talking about Dr. Oz. Uh, former President Trump uh, yesterday apologized to his wife Melania and Fox News host Sean Hannity for reports circulating about their reaction to his endorsement of Republican Senate candidate Mehmet Oz, dismissing the accounts as fictional stories, he said. I'd like to apologize to Melania and Sean for all the fake news and fictional stories made out of thin air with no sources despite them claiming there are being dumped on you by the reporters of these quote-unquote news organizations who know these stories are not true trump said on truth social the fake news media is crazed and i think he's on to something and totally out of control i only wish the public could understand how really corrupt and crooked they are they make up stories and then push them down your throat our country is in big trouble trump said so he yeah. was doing a little uh, doing a little thing out there because you know I'm sure you saw the story about supposedly he was blaming Melania and yelling at her over Dr. Oz. So Yeah. All right, we'll do some more Trump when we get back. Live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you're a part of the show. Lots to do tonight. It's a busy night. We'll do more when we get back right after this. 
It is with honor, courage, and commitment that we stand in the face of adversity with unwavering resilience, poised to overcome the most formidable of foes. You see, this mentality is a part of our culture, a warrior's ethos. And just as iron sharpens iron, we too are refined to our interaction. In times of chaos or peace, we willingly pay its price because this freedom is not free. The upholding of a sacred trust, an inheritance from generations that have preceded us, whose actions speak testament to the character of our core. So with knowledge of this legacy and faith in something greater than ourselves, we stand bold, determined to make a difference, to make our presence felt. And to this cause, we dedicate our very life. This title etched on our hearts until the day we die. We are once and forever United States Marines. All right, 31 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you're in part of the show. Slick Rick's doing sports. Rick Delgado started to do a little news. Going to do some more right now. What even is that coming up? Odds makers coming up as we honor, of course, our veterans all night long. Uh, we'll get to uh, some news as well, where we stand in the election, where we are in some of the totals um, in the Senate. It looks like the House is still going to um, be, obviously, Republicans will take over the House. So there's a lot to talk about there as well about what we're going to do on day one. We'll talk some about that. But let's do some more news. And by the way, sports is brought to you by uh, Mike Lindell and MyPillow. I forgot to mention uh, MyPillow.com slash LFS6B for all the best deals. And you can use our code LFS6B at checkout for 10 to 60% off all your great holiday stuff. And remember, you got the extended guarantee now, money back guarantee through March of 2023 on anything you purchase between now and the holiday season. LFS6B is Dakota. Check out. Let's do some news. And here with the news is Rick Delgado. What's going on, pal? All right. Well, with the anticipation of taking over not only the House, but the Senate, Republican Senator Rand Paul out of Kentucky, who just won his race, has vowed to expose the COVID cover-up while promising to subpoena every last document of Dr. Fauci. Paul made the promise to his supporters after winning his decisive victory in Kentucky to secure his third term as a U.S. senator. The senator vowed to follow through on his campaign pledge to force Fauci, uh, Democrat uh, President Joe Biden's chief medical advisor, into court. During his victory speech, he told supporters that he intends to focus on the uncovering of the evidence for COVID-19 emerging from a lab, something that, of course, you know, we, we talked about a lot. We were, uh, we were told that anybody who said that was a conspiracy theorists. Uh, turns out it's looking like it probably was the case. He asserted that the American people deserve to know whether the virus was manufactured in a lab using U.S. taxpayer money via funding from Fauci's National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Thanks for coming out of... <laughs> he joked, thanks for coming out to Dr. Fauci's retirement party, he told his crowd. I promise you this, the COVID cover-up will end. I will not hold... I will not only hold Dr. Fauci accountable, we will We'll finally investigate why your tax dollars were sent to fund dangerous research in Wuhan. Uh, he also focused on freedom, declaring that liberty should be, be be brought to people because each and every citizen is left alone to enjoy their own personal freedoms. And liberty is the great harmonizer that allows us to live together despite our differences. So we can look forward to that as the... Uh, 
as the new Congress will be, uh, I guess, sworn in come the beginning of next year. Correct, Damon? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of accountability to go around, uh, mainly Biden, Mayorkas. And we can start right there with what's going on at the border. Uh, Chip Roy was asked about this. G, cut two, roll that. Oh, good Lord. It's a long list. And, and, and you know, let, <laughs> let's just guy. start with Secretary Mayorkas, who flat out lied despite having a memo from his own personnel that he knew full well that the uh, Border Patrol agents did not whip any Haitian migrants. You know, he went to the micro and he says systemic racism and he says it's horrifying. Yet he knew full well and had the memo in front of him and we could look with our own eyes. So why don't we haul Mayorkas and make him answer the American people for that flat out lie? that undermine his own Border Patrol agents. Why don't we haul, you know, uh, Merrick Garland and say, answer for why you want to call Scott Smith a domestic terrorist. You know, why don't we haul in uh, the, uh, you know, Fauci, Burks et al regime and say, answer for everything we just talked about in this hearing here, what you've done to target the American people, shutting down the biggest economy in the world, forcing our kids into the room, wearing masks, having them miss school, get sent back a generation in terms of their education, uh, causing people not to be able to see their loved ones die and nursing homes or in hospitals. Uh, all of the implications for our men and women in uniform who don't take a vaccine and then get fired or nurses who are facing the same thing for something that doesn't even stop transmission. I go on and on and on. So how, who do we want to see accountability for? All of them. Yeah. And I think uh, I think he's on to something. Love that guy. Man, oh, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How about how about, you know, and again, that, and that really leads to the discussion that is going to be is going to have to be, you know, ongoing in the GOP. Um, by the way, I, on, on election night, I said on the coverage that one of the main things we need to do is to cancel the lame duck session. And I've already heard on um, media, not even left-wing media, because I don't listen to that, because I don't like to puke when I'm in the car. Um, but this lame duck session is going to be, the Democrats are going to try to absolutely ram through so many things here on their utopian agenda before we get to January. And Mitch McConnell, if he ends up being the leader, God help us, and Kevin McCarthy, um, they have better better get on this and decide what we're gonna do here going through the end of the year, because once this is officially in the, in, the, in the Republicans' hands, because it is gonna be, they are gonna be on the move from now to the end of the year. But the Republicans inside their own party and caucus here have gotta figure out you know, we need we need people like Chip Roy to be leading things. We need people like yeah. Byron Donald to be leading things. We need he's actually up. You for, know, he's actually up for a position. I'm reading too. Chip Roy, be a great speaker. Yeah, I mean, we, this the McConnell McCarthy talk, and I've already seen things around that McCarthy may not have the votes. And um, Horowitz has a piece today in the Blaze, and he, and 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 he points out the fact that it's long past time for McConnell and McCarthy. Uh, to go and for us to look at new leadership. And he says, there's no purpose in winning this election um, if you're going to empower leaders who believe in handing the ball of power to the defeated team on every issue that matters. And he says, these think about since the Tea Party time of 2010, 12 years later, McConnell's still at the helm of the party even as he stands against conservatives on every issue. And, and this also goes, by the way, all of this intertwines, even into this discussion about Trump and DeSantis right now, and this blame game you know, going on. Where, where is the blame? I said this the other night. If, if, if what's going on there bothers you more than McConnell, if you think that Trump's more of a problem than McConnell, 
I'm not sure what you've been paying attention to. Where is the blame for the establishment Republican rhinos in this party? Where is the blame for McConnell? Where is the blame for 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 Chris Christie and Carl Rove oh, and um, the fat Christie. governor of Maryland, that loser who oh. offers nothing, and all of these the Bushes and, and the Cheneys and all of them, all this establishment Republican uh, that is, that are still leeching off this party and trying to keep us into the. I mean, that's where we should be focused, not on Trump and DeSantis. I mean, where where is the if you're more bothered. If you're if what bothers you right now is what's going on between um, Trump and DeSantis, and you think Trump, you should be looking at him for what happened in these midterms. I mean, I just don't know what to tell you, because that's not the problem in this party. The problem in this party is Mitch McConnell, a list number one. And and as much as I don't think McCarthy's nearly on the same level, like as I said, McCarthy would make mistakes, and okay, he makes mistakes. McConnell. Will do it full well, knowing what he's doing. He'll he'd drive over you and back the bus up over, back up over you if he could keep power. Right. McCarthy might hit you with the car, and he, but he's going to tell you he, he didn't really see you coming. You know, I didn't see you there. You know, there's a big difference between the two. McConnell would do it when you turn your back if he thought it would make him stay in power longer. McConnell would push you out of the car, then run you over with it. Yeah, uh, geez, I didn't see you there. <laughs> So Horowitz also says, you know, McCarthy was the House GOP whip at the time of the Tea Party, and he's overseen the failed GOP bouts in the majority ever since as both majority leader and whip. Now he wants a promotion after failing to deliver on his first and goal play this election. Will conservatives ever learn to clean up their own yard before focusing solely on the Democrats? And and, and that's an interesting way to put it. We better clean up our own yard before we start worrying about telling the neighbor uh, what they should do with their yard. While many are relieved the election season's over, there's another election right around the corner that will determine whether the GOP's win of House control and potentially the Senate will mean anything in the real world. The Senate and House GOP conferences, the roster of representatives and senators serving next year will determine who will serve as their leaders. The question is very simple. Do they want the leader who agrees with the morass we find ourselves in or someone who is at least promising to capitalize on the flip in Congress to challenge Biden and promote a very different agenda for the country. Mitch McConnell is a man who believes that funding the corrupt uh, World Economic Forum backed Ukrainian government is the most important policy issue of our time. He paved the way for the greatest legislative victory of the Biden administration and has agreed to pass an omnibus bill in the lame duck session, which will undercut the leverage of a new GOP House majority for an entire year. He even voted to give the FBI billions of dollars to red flag, quote unquote, political opponents in the first gun control bill <laughs> to pass in years. To top it off, he spent millions of dollars defending Lisa Murkowski against her conservative opponent in Alaska after she voted against Trump's Supreme Court nominee, Brett Kavanaugh. Both McConnell and McCarthy refused to whip against the bill, forcing states to elevate homosexual relations as a fundamental right to redefine marriage. And McConnell's allies passed, um, planned to pass it in the lame duck session. As for McCarthy, while he's trying to reinvent himself, he is the man who oversaw the lamest GOP agenda of all time during the 2017-2018 era when Republicans enjoyed trifecta control. If Republicans wind up winning both chambers in the end, they will still claim their leverage is limited without the White House.
But McCarthy was in power when they had all three branches, and he oversaw a dynamic in which almost every budget bill passed out of his chamber with minority Republican, majority Democrat support, all with his blessing. McCarthy was part of the original young gun movement within the GOP with Eric Cantor and Paul Ryan, whose brand of Republicanism has long since been repudiated. Why is McCarthy somehow the survivor from the old guard to lead us into the new era that requires new thinking? to confront the new globalist corporatist agenda that his donors are largely on board with. McCarthy's been fundraising against conservative candidates just like McConnell in the primaries, even in deep red districts for years. Finally, leading into this election, he put out an uninspiring weak agenda that failed to even recognize that our basic freedoms have been assaulted by the biomedical security state. An omission from the campaign that allowed the leftists to co-opt the issue of saving democracy in the last weeks during a time when their party put us into a state of martial law. Isn't it time to nominate party leaders who know what time it is rather than those who fight the members who are speaking to the issues of our time? Hmm. That's the question <laughs> for Republicans right now. Well, he just made him sound just like McConnell, really. Exactly. Yeah. All right, more about this when we get back live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. I served, and I still serve. 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 We take great pride as an agency in the fact that nearly one-third of our CBP workforce is comprised of veterans. On this Veterans Day, the CBP Veteran Support Program would like to honor all those who have served and who continue to serve and the families who have sacrificed or are still sacrificing. Our veterans and their families have our sincerest gratitude. Happy Veterans Day. I served and I still serve. 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 Studio 6B, 13 to the hour. And there's some badass people right there. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> uh, all right, let's do some sports and hear what sports brought to you by MyPillow. MyPillow.com slash LFS6B. Use our code LFS6B at checkout, as many of you do, and we appreciate that. Slick Rick, what's going on in sports? Big D, my thoughts are with the family of Pat Tillman, the great Arizona Cardinal, played back in the day, defensive back, gave made the ultimate sacrifice. We've talked about it on the show before. So thinking of Pat Tillman and his family uh, today as uh, they – they obviously uh, celebrate, well, they don't celebrate, but they observe uh, Veterans Day. So, sure. I think of him. Yep. 
Um, so we got the Las Vegas Days Rodeo, Big D. We got the Las Vegas Rodeo, and it's in Core Arena in downtown Las Vegas. No place better for a rodeo, right? Steel Wrestling, Chet Bourne, 3.7 seconds. Team Roping Maybe I should have gone out there to cover this one in person. <laughs> yeah, we should have, Big D. I mean, really. Come on, let's go. Let's roll it. Come on, Vegas. <laughs> yeah, let's that's go. My, yeah, it's more like a mirage, those thoughts. But anyway, Team Roping. <laughs> bro- <laughs> my money would be a mirage. I thought it was there. I thought it was there, really. Yeah. Hey, I saw that picture of Matt. Mattress Mac, he was on. He was loading up his plane from Vegas, looking good. Love Mattress Mac. That's going to be me Monday after your picks. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, well, we'll see, Big D. I don't know. We'll hold, hold, hold the horn on that one. Team roping, Brian Wynn and Matt Liston, 5.3 seconds. And tie-down roping, we got Matt Shiozawa, 8. seconds flat. And uh, barrel racing, Stacy Glaus, 17.21 seconds. Total payout, $62,982 in Viva Las Vegas. Another L the song there with the rodeo tonight, Big D. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Thank you very much. Anyway, uh, we, and former Clemson Tiger and San Diego Charger, Adrian Dingle, died Tuesday at the age of 45, according to a report. This is from Breitbart, Dylan Gwynn. Uh, Dingle, a fifth-round selection in the 1999 NFL draft, played five years for the Chargers from 2000 to 2004. In his college years at Clemson, he was an all-ACC defensive end. In 1998, Dingle amassed a then-school record of 10 and a half sacks. Uh, in his pro years, Dingle had his uh, signature season in 2003 when he started all 16 games and finished with 37 tackles and six sacks, the New York Post reported. The former Tiger was recently selected to charge his 2000 legend team and, uh, in fact, recalled by former teammate Marcellus Wiley, former Dallas Cowboy, great TV host, uh, and he sent out a tweet uh, yesterday. Uh, Rest in peace to my teammate, Adrian Jingle. We were just hanging, laughing, swapping war stories, and talking family. Rest easy, big dog. So, uh, another NFL player. And, um, unfortunately, authorities have not yet released the cause of death, which uh, seems Seems to be the norm now. I don't know if it's just to respect the families or, you know, we really don't know what's going on. But a lot of these these athletes and former athletes, 45 years old, that's an awfully young man to me. Um, another story that's getting a lot of traction in the NBA. This is Fox Sports News. Scott Thompson reporting on NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. And the Brooklyn Nets star point guard Kyrie Irving had a direct and candid conversation earlier this week, and he came out with the impression that Irving, no doubt, is not anti-Semitic. He's someone I've known for a decade, and I've never heard an anti-Semitic word from him or, frankly, hate directed at any group, Silva, who is Jewish, told the New York Times. Whether or not he is anti-Semitic is not relevant to the damage caused by the posting of the hateful comments, Silva went on to say. Irving received tons of backlash for posting the link to an Amazon documentary that contained anti-Semitic disinformation, which included the Nets suspending him at least five games and having complete uh, complete a six-step process before being considered for reinstallment. Nike uh, co-founder um, Phil, uh, I always call it Nike, Nike uh, co-founder Phil Knight also announced on Thursday that his company will no longer be working with Irving and is probably done for good, their relationship. Irving's signature shoe line has been produced by Nike for years. And a nice shoe line, too, that he had there. He made a good royalty on that. Uh, the Nets did not initially suspend Irving, allowing him to attempt an apology during a media availability. However, he did not publicly apologize, waiting instead to post a lengthy apology to his Instagram. Um, as for the league itself, Silva said they were doing a bit of work and research on the link uh, Irving posted before proceeding with any discipline or announcement. Uh, once they did the investigation, it was clear to me that this was indeed hate speech, and we together with Brooklyn Nets did respond, uh, Silva said. Irving has missed four games, and word has it, uh, soon they're going to come to some kind of reinstatement statement, but they have a road trip now and they don't see him being back anytime before they uh, leave Phoenix.
Phoenix on Thursday. So just an interesting story. It's got a lot of traction, similar to what happened with Kanye West, in different contexts. But, you know, you're seeing this. Uh, nobody's putting up with this stuff. And Adidas now, you know, obviously they, they canceled the sneaker line, which now I hear they're bringing back. They're going to put, uh, they're going to rename it. And he still has to get royalties for that, though. So anyway, that's a wrap in sports. Big D. Back to you. All right, Slick Rick, thanks very much. We'll do some more sports. And again, odds makers coming up in the last segment of the show. Let's do some news. And here with that is Rick Delgado. What's going on, pal? All right. Well, an informant likely to testify as a defense witness in a January 6th sedition trial has mysteriously had a heart attack. A man who served as the number two to Stuart Rhodes, uh, the leader for um, one of the groups, uh, the Oath Keepers at the group, the informant, he was embedded with the group for months in the inner circle of Stuart Rhodes, the leader of the Oath Keepers militia, is likely to testify as a defense witness, um, but on his way, he suffered a heart attack. Somehow, conveniently, the informant Greg McWhorter uh, served as the Oath Keepers vice president, but was secretly reporting to the FBI about the group's activities in the weeks and months leading up to the attack. Despite the relationship uh, with McWhorter, uh, federal prosecutors decided not to call him as a government witness at the trial of Mr. Rhodes and his four co-defendants, which is now unfolding in the federal district court in Washington. The prosecution rested his case last week without calling other key cooperating witnesses. McWhorter, a former sheriff's deputy from Montana was expected to, to appear in trial this past Tuesday as a witness, an unusual move that suggests Mr. Rhodes' lawyers believe he has information that could help their case. But during an impromptu hearing on Tuesday, the lawyers said that Mr. Woodwarder had been taken off a plane while traveling to Washington to testify after suffering a heart attack. Because of the medical condition, lawyers said McWhorter was unable to appear on the witness stand Tuesday. While the defense lawyers still want him to testify, it remains unclear when he might be able to do so. So kind of a strange bit of circumstances there when it comes to uh, January 6th and all these people that are still being held um, in the Gulag in D.C. So we'll see what happens with that. Over on the immigration front, you mentioned this, you know, when we were talking about Rand Paul wanting to investigate Fauci, um, they're also lining up to, to go after Mayorkas. Well, Biden's top immigration official is being forced out of his job amid the border crisis. Uh, I'm talking about this guy named Chris Magnus. He's the commissioner of U.S. Customs and Border Protection being pushed out of his job by DHS chief. Alejandro Mayorkas, the commissioner of the U.S. Borders, uh, U.S. Custom Border Protection, is being forced out of his job in part of a larger change. Uh, he is resisting leaving the position after being told by Homeland Security Mayorkas um, to resign or get fired, he said, according to the source. It comes after a record year of migrants seeking to enter the U.S. along the border. Magnus has only been on the job for about a year, so he can't really say it's his fault, but it is. And sources say he's clashed with Department of Homeland Security officials over border enforcement policy. Some of Magnus's duties have been taken over by his deputies. So that's developing. We'll see what happens more with that. Um, but yeah, I, I guess Mayorkas is making a move to try and make himself look like, hey, I'm on top of this. Look, I got rid of this guy who was really, he's the problem. Not me, this guy. So. There you have yeah. it, David. So I hear a lot of, um, you know, I heard Chip Roy and Mayorkas and uh, the list of, and I agree with everything he says. I'm just wondering why Biden's not on his list. I mean, why don't we just start at the top if we're going to start talk about <laughs> impeachment? And you could go through a, you could go through a list of probably a hundred things you could do it on, and you could certainly do it on the take care clause of the Constitution. 
because I don't think Biden's qualifies for, um, well, taking care of anything um, <laughs> as he's supposed to faithfully uh, execute the laws here. So why don't we take, take a look at that? All right, live from Studio 6B, Hour 2 coming up. What even is that? Odds makers, lots to do in Hour 2. That's a rhyme. Studio 6B on a Friday night hour to Real America's Voice. Glad you're a part of the show. It's been a great week. Obviously, Tuesday night election. Thank the guys for partaking in that again as well. President of a rally on Monday got the week started. It's been a great week. Uh, we got a good hour coming. Lots to do, here as we celebrate Veterans Day and all our veterans as we have all show. We will continue to do here in an hour two. What even is that coming up here in a second? Odds makers coming up in the fourth segment of the uh, you know, last segment of this hour. Uh, Slick Rick will make his picks, and I can be looking like Mattress Mac on Monday with a wheelbarrow <laughs> full of cash, hopefully. Um, what, do you, what, what do you mean? What, what's that look for? What even is that? I mean, I mean, <laughs> where are you coming up with this? All of a sudden, you're going to win all this money. You're putting the hex well, you on start, me. Well, you started, uh, oh. exactly. You started the year, the football oh. season, up uh, 37, and now you're only up um, whatever it is. I know. I'm slip, I'm slip sliding away. Damn it. <laughs> Bye. By Monday, I'll be back to even, and then all right. So maybe I'm a week delayed. It will be next week. I'll have a barrel of cash. Wow. That's fine. Wow. Still, Damon, um, I think you found. I think you found a little uh, Achilles heel in, in Slick Rick there. Yeah. So, hey, I just want to congratulate winning. the. Uh, I want to congratulate the state of New York. Cut one G. I want to congratulate everybody in New York who voted voted for this lunatic. Here's how she celebrated her big win by um, well child abuse. Roll that. There she is. Look at these kids. Oh, yeah, oh. that's great. Oh, masked up. Oh, yeah. You notice the parent, you notice the adults are never masked. Yeah. It's all about control. Yeah, there she is. Mm. So, wow. unbelievable. Congratulations, New York. Four more years of that. So, wow. All right, it's time now mm. for one of my new favorite segments here on the show. And that, of course, is Rick Delgado with What Even Is That? All right, Damon. Well, as you played there, of course, we know what happened on Tuesday. So with those pesky midterms now out of the way, it's now time for Election Day 2024. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know we're still try- <laughs> I know we're trying to still trying to create votes for Katie Hobbs out in Arizona. Well, we have uh, we will be going into next week. There's some onesie twosies, of, again, pursuant to Arizona law. But I think that we'll see the lion's share here wrap up by early next week. Wow. No, really. Nothing to see here. Totally, totally on the up and up. But hey, do that on your own time because Joe, well, he's got to get ready for 2024. I have not made that formal decision, but it's my intention. My intention to run again. And we have time to make that decision. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Dr. Biden is for it. Mr. President. Oh, Dr. Biden thinks that uh, my wife thinks that uh, that I uh, that that we're that we're oh doing something very important. Oh, 
Oh, yeah, very important. Sure, sure. He says he needs to consult with her, you know, his dirtbag wife, Jill. But we all know that uh, what this means, right? He's got to just see how much money is going to be coming in on the side. I mean, he already told us how he's going to, you know, kind of change moving forward, right? What in the next two years do you intend to do differently uh, to change people's uh, opinion of the direction of the country, particularly as you contemplate a run for president in 2024? Nothing, because they're just finding out what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, believe me, we, we found out what you're doing and we see what you're doing. But I think, but I think if anything, this is the moment that really grabbed my attention the other day when when the prospect of running for president in 2024 came up, and of course the elephant in the room, President Trump, was brought up. Did he say he looked forward to the challenge? Did Biden say he wants to prove to the American people why he deserves a second term? Well, not quite. Take a look and listen for yourself. We just have to demonstrate that he will not take power um, by uh, if we uh, if he does run, uh, making sure he uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our constitution does not become the next president again. Uh, OK. What, 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 what even was that? Um, I don't know about you, but I, I kind of checked over the Constitution real quick, and yeah, that kind of crap ain't in there. Hey, Joe, what amendment or, or law? What are you talking about? All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. A- actually, we don't because the thing you seem to be saying, and 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 just so we're clear, these are his words. Listen again. We just have to demonstrate that he will not take power um, by uh, if we uh, if he does run. Yeah. Uh, making sure he, uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our Constitution, does not become the next president again. Look at that. Well, what he said there kind of makes you think he sounds kind of like a big dictator, right? I mean, kind of like when you said this, Joe. This struggle is no longer just over who gets to vote or making it easier for eligible people to vote. It's about who gets to count the votes. Oh, and that reminds or that me again. Or should count it all. Yeah. Any word out of Arizona yet? Yeah, didn't think so. But don't worry, because if being a dictator is what uh, Biden has in mind with his own Gestapo, well, then he's also going to need to make sure he's in control. Control of the media, I mean, which could explain this. Yes, an investigation in search of a crime. Just the way the Marxists drew it up. I think that Elon Musk's uh huh. Cooperation and/or yeah. Technical relationships with other countries uh, is worthy of being looked at. Whether or not he is doing anything inappropriate, I'm not suggesting that. I'm suggesting that it worth worth look. being looked at. Right. Again. Searching for a crime. And of course, every big dictator, as you know, always has to also make sure that they control the media, even the opposition media. And who better to make sure you have control of one of than one of your own former colleagues who you can get to run it for you? Yeah, talk about leeches. Want to see what I mean? Take a look and listen to former Speaker of the House and do-nothing C-blocker Paul Rhino. I mean, Paul Ryan. Uh, right We're going to win so badly. We're going to want to beat Biden and the Democrats in 2024 that we won't nominate Trump because we want to win. 
that new swing voter in American politics is the suburban voter. And it's really clear the suburban voter doesn't like Trump, but they like Republicans. So I think anybody not named Trump, I think, is so much more likely to win the White House for us. Yeah. Yeah. So now the guy who had a chance to help President Trump build a wall, make America great again and actually, you know, do something positive to make every American's life better. Well, what's the fun in that? Now, from what it looks like, is he actively trying to interfere in the 2024 presidential election? I don't know. I don't know about you, but after a statement like that, nothing says a useful idiot like this loser. All right. Yes. Paul Rhino Ryan is the loser lumped in with the big dictator, of course, currently defiling the White House with his dirtbag family in tow, all the while reminding us how utterly foolish and corrupt he really is. We just have to demonstrate that he will not take power um, by uh, if we uh, if he does run, Mm -hmm. uh, making sure he uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our Constitution, does not become the next president again. Yeah. Hey, hey Joe, sounds a little uh, dictatorly. Uh, Constitution much? I just, I just found it interesting that uh, Biden's being a Yeah, I didn't think so. Hey, Damon, back to you. Buddy, buddy, that's all. <laughs> all right. Rick Delgado with what even is that? Sorry, I'm a little angry. Um, well, I mean, if those two things don't send a chill down your spine, the Elon Musk comments and the yeah. President Trump running again comments, I mean, I, I mean, it's it's um, especially as we've seen what is what this Department of Justice has already done, the way we've targeted parents with the things they've already done, what the FBI has already done. And for Biden to pick out, and I don't care that he's the richest man in the world, most high-profile man in the world. Right. I mean, for him to all of a sudden pick out one single person and say that it deserves, based on what? Exactly. Based, based on, on what? what it deserves looking into. What, what is the difference between him and, or, or anyone watching this show right now? What is he, what, based on what? And as far as the Trump things, what he what he says, that's like that is an absolute clear reference to being able to, in his mind, whatever the nonsense he said, is what he's referring to is using his Department of Justice against him, yeah, to make sure that he can't assume power, it, it charging of- him, running him into court, spending. All of that. It's just all a big deflection. Whatever they have to do, if they gotta they gotta indict, if they've got whatever they have to do is what he means. That's what he means. Yeah. It harkens back to Peter Strzok and and, and the diseased uh FBI personnel at the top who were making it their mission to try and stop a duly elected president. That's what it sounds like. He didn't talk about I'm gonna beat him. He didn't say I'm gonna prove yeah. to the American people. He says I'm gonna stop him from taking power. Right. He doesn't want the duly elected part. That is not part of the plan. The duly elected part has no plan in it. It is the Department of Justice and the power that he wields right now to use the full force and authority of it against his political opponent. That is what he's trying to stumbling through there trying to say. And if that doesn't send a chill down your spine, I don't know what will. I don't know what will. I don't even know which one of the two of those is scary as they both are is worse. I think the Trump one's probably worse. Right. Although yeah. I don't know. 
But, picking out a U.S. citizen for no reason and saying, oh, I think it's, uh, uh, you know, who couldn't he say that about then? I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, just just Absolutely because. Absolutely crazy. Just because of who he knows internationally. Well, it needs to be looked at. Who says it needs to be? What what part of anything has triggered? Uh, was, were there criminal charges brought against someone, and now he's tied up in that? Is that what you're talking about? Does he oh, think oh, his family needs to be looked at? He was right. the vice president. He met with a lot more people around the world over his years than Elon Musk has. Does he, does he think his son needs to be looked at? Does he think his his brother needs to be looked at? Does any does does he think everybody in his family? Do we hold that same standard for every Biden and everybody connected to a Biden? Yeah, and everybody he's been connected to is that the same standard? Doesn't matter whether there's clear and convincing evidence or any reason or any evidence at all or anything any nothing. It just deserves being looked into. So if the Republicans assume power, we can assume that it's just it's a free for all for any Biden too to be. In, to be drugged in front of Congress, I guess that is that the new stand. Is that what we're playing ball by? Is that the playing field now? Because that's what it sounds like he's saying. I mean, I've heard nothing about. Uh, I've heard no no news or any leaks about or any anything about Elon Musk other than what he's doing with his companies and Twitter and everything he's doing business wise. Where has there been any rumor that he has some nefarious um, anything wow. to to um. For him to come out with that comment, I mean. Welcome to the third world. Because that's that's the way tyrants and dictators, this is what they do. That's exactly what those two comments. I mean, if you turn on Venezuela TV or in China and heard that same thing, you wouldn't that you'd go there. You'd go, OK, here you go, huh? That because that's where he sounds like he belongs when he says things like that. Studio 6B, lots to do. Odds makers coming up. More news and sports as well on a Veterans Day. on a Friday night. Let me talk to you about inflation continues to be a plague on our economy, our families, our savings. And the irresponsible spending from the left just continues to exacerbate the problem. Now, CPI came out this week. It was a little lower, a little cooler than expected, by not by much. Inflation is still outrageously high. And this year, of course, we've witnessed almost every kind of negative economic record from empty grocery store shelves to 40-year high inflation. Uh, don't let your savings wither away. Hedge against inflation with precious metals and gold from Birch Gold Group. They've made it super easy to find out more. Just text the word America, send it to 989898 and get your free information kit on diversifying into physical gold and silver, all in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Gold's made a little move here in the last couple of days. It looks like it's shaping up to continue that move. Uh, with almost 20 years' experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals, Birch Gold has helped thousands, and they can help you too. And for a limited time, Birch has a special offer. If you're, uh, if our Real America's Voice and live from Studio 6B audience purchases gold between now and Black Friday, that's coming quick. Birch will send you a free gold bar with your purchase. So don't allow the left to devalue your savings. Text the word America right now to 989898. 
get your free information kit and all the details on how to claim your free gold bar when you purchase precious metals from Birch Gold. Secure your future with gold. Text the word America and send it to 989898 today. All right, live from Studio 6B, 18 past the hour. CPI data did come in a little cooler, 7.7 .7 as opposed to 7.9 that they expected. Uh, PPI data comes out on Monday. We'll see what that looks like, producer price index. And then we'll get another CPI reading in December, I believe the 11th or 12th. And then we get the Fed decision on rate hikes the next day, I believe on the 13th. So that's a big first two weeks of the month. And boy, we'd love to see CPI come down one more time to kind of start a trend on a downward trend would be nice because, you know, the Fed's going to want to see at least, I'd say two, three, maybe even four months of declining CPI data, especially that shelter and housing number in there. Um, and the markets, of course, yesterday just rebounded off of that off of that print, and that the Fed's not going to like to see that. But um, so two uh, two two big weeks in December to start the month to see this CPI and see um, what goes on. Uh, what what'd you say, Fran? What do we got? Thirteen. Roll it, G. Just on the, the CPI uh, statement this morning from the president, uh, most of the increase that we saw in inflation last month was uh, due to rising costs for shelter. Uh, president Biden's statement didn't uh, mention that. Um, what is the administration doing to contain the rampant run-up in rents right now? Of shelter specifically? So um, I don't have anything right now to oh, share with you on that specific <laughs> piece Why of the data. You? Uh, as you know, uh, the report, the way that we saw it, and as, as the president said, <laughs> never has anything. <laughs> Good lord! I, I don't have anything. Up. Well, then why are you talking? Why are you even there? It's amazing. I mean, I, I, amazing. Uh, 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 rent and shelter. Yeah, yes, that's what it means. Shelter. Yes, yes. Shelter. Rents. Yeah, shelter. That's shelter. Shelter. Home. Living. Where you live. A roof over your house. You know, roof over your head. Deal. Hello. Anybody? Is there anybody home? <laughs> <laughs> Not at her house, no. God, she's awful at what she does. I'd love to be as awful as she is at anything I've ever done and be able to keep my job and get paid off the public dole. Good Lord. <laughs> Unbelievable. No, I should have gotten uh, into think, politics, man. <laughs> uh, I don't think Biden is. Uh, the guy says, yeah, it wasn't in, Biden's, uh, wasn't in Biden's statement. Yeah, because John Fetterman knows more about it than Biden does. It's Unbelievable. If a CPI comes down, folks, let me tell you something. It's in spite of anything that happens at 1600 Pennsylvania, not because of, in spite of. So, um, all right, let's, what are we doing here? I don't even know. Let's do some sports. <laughs> That's what we're doing here. Right now with that was uh, Slick Rick, sports brought to you by MyPillow, MyPillow.com. Use our code LFS6B. What's going on, Slick Rick? Yeah, I'm sorry, Big D. I really don't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go, Big news. D. <laughs> let's go to news. He, he don't have anything either. Blow him up. <laughs> hey, Greg Norman could be replaced as Live Golf CEO. This is from Larry Brown Sports earlier today. Greg Norman has been uh, the very public face of Live Golf, but he could be moved aside and replaced by a new CEO in the near future. Uh, the Telegraph's James Corrigan published a story on Thursday regarding the future leadership for Live. Corrigan says that Liv is pursuing Mark King to be their CEO. King is a former CEO of TaylorMade, a golf equipment maker. He formerly was the CEO of Adidas and is currently the CEO of Taco Bell. Ding! Uh, King what is a former... What that make? Uh, they're making <laughs> it run for the, the border. Shark, <laughs> take the shark out and put in some guy who worked at Titleist? Who, yeah, who well, the guy's... 
He's a little more peaceful, they say. So King is a former college golfer who maintains a high interest in this sport and is a scratch golfer, Big D's like you. you and uh, Corrigan says King uh, has attended several live events this year. <laughs> That's crazy. I gotta th- not only does King have a, a history of success at each of his stops as a CEO, but Liv reportedly feels that they need a calmer figure uh, than the combative Norman to help steward the next few years for the league. King could hey, Look, Rick, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it made me think of something when you said golf. We haven't talked about golf on this show in a little bit. Was it one of the two of you who told me that you heard a clip involving Ed Henry that he lost to somebody he played recently? Who was that? Slick Rick, was that you? Yeah, on election night. Who was it? He did lose to somebody. It was Giuliani Jr., I think. Giuliani, very good. Not Giuliani Jr., but Giuliani's son. His son, yes. Yeah. Andrew Giuliani beat Ed Ed Henry at golf? He said something. They were talking. And he said something about, yeah, well, he, he beats me on the golf course. That's what he said. Oh, so, the, the, I mean, the Rav Open can't happen then if that's the case, because this is going to be so embarrassing. I mean, we, we, I mean, they'll be crying by the third hole. Him and Zen <laughs> Jr., and he can't beat. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Andrew Giuliani plays well. I mean, I, I can't expect he has much time to play golf, but I mean. And I saw Ed swing in that video that he used to make fun of my eye, of course, when he hit me with the golf ball in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, his, was, uh, his um, Charles Barkley type of swing that he took there? Yeah, <laughs> which was reasonably amusing, but, um, of course, at my expense, which Ed has no problem doing. And I, and I, I don't either, honestly. It's funny. But uh, I am just not that worried about – and he gets to practice in the warm weather in Florida, of course, year-round, while up here we're already freezing. You got to do simulated golf. <laughs> Yeah, figuring out how to heat our homes and not cost two thousand an oil drop, but um, I'm just not worried about the Rav Open here. I could, I just not. I don't know. So we may have to call it off like a mercy rule deal. Yeah. What? Like after seven holes? I'm thinking we're going towards. Well, I don't know. Maybe or we go back to you know hit the ball through the windmill. Maybe we give them at least an even playing field or a better chance because real golf. From all of the intel I've, um, you know, gathered, like Durham-like investigation here, I don't think it's going to be a fair. Well, well, what do you mean by that? Well, maybe he wants you to call it off. Oh, good point, G. Uh, See that? This is why G and Fran are, well, no, they don't make the big bucks. I can't say that. So, (laughs) well, anyways, all right, let's go. (laughs) Let's get back to sports. All right, TMZ Sports is reporting. NFL honoring legend, uh, this is um, John Madden, the great John Madden. They're having a huge Thanksgiving tradition that they're going to start this this year. The NFL is paying tribute to the late John Madden once again. This time it announced it's starting a huge Thanksgiving Day tradition as it honors the legendary coach and broadcaster. The inaugural John Madden Thanksgiving celebration will kick off on the Thursday holiday later this month with the NFL saying it has several tributes planned in Madden's memory. Before each of the three games slated for Turkey Day, the Bills and Lions, the Giants and Cowboys, and the Patriots and Vikings later on at night. A recording of Madden will talk about football and the holiday uh, will also be played. The league also said in its announcement Friday that each network broadcasting the trio of games will pick a Madden player of the game. Pretty cool. Following the contest. Those are good games. Yeah, they are good games. Absolutely. The nightcap is a strong game, too. Cowboys and Giants. Give me those again. Give me oh, those again. You got the uh, well, you got the Cowboys and Giants. You got the, uh, Ooh. let's see, uh, then you got Bills and Lions. You know, Boy, Lions. Thanksgiving at your house must be, oh, can't even imagine. Forget about it. They all hide. Trust me. They put me in the basement. They lock the door. <laughs> Believe me. I bounce off the walls. And then you got the Pats and Vikings in the nightcap, Big D. That's a real Hey, pass the stuffing. Ah, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
sorry, I turned up with the turnips. <laughs> and anyway, uh, the NFL will be picking like Madden uh, player of the game, and they'll also be donating uh, $10,000 to the charity uh, you know, of, of their player's choice. And no one... Anyway, no, it was good stuff. So no one cared uh, or contributed more to our game than John Madden is what Goodell said. So anyway. Hey, Slick Rick, can I have some more gravy? No, you can't. Get the hell out of here. You're making fun of Dak? Get out. We observe today the celebration of freedom. The day America sets aside to honor millions of our finest heroes. They are the men and women who defend our country and preserve our peace and freedom. Each time our nation is called upon our citizens to serve, the best have come forward. Where do we get such brave young Americans? We can and should take the opportunity on this Veterans Day to remember their gift to us. Veterans know better than anyone else the price of freedom where they've suffered the scars of war. All those who have served in America's uniform deserve the nation's thanks. Words could never express what the patriotism of generation after generation of American heroes means for the very soul of our nation. Because of you, America's best days are still to come. And with faith, freedom, and courage, there's no limit to what America can and will accomplish. The graves of young Americans who answered the call to service surround the globe. They call to bear the burden, a struggle against the common enemies of man. United, there is little we cannot do. Let every nation know, whether it wishes us well or ill, that we shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Throughout our history, America's men in uniform have always been ready when the cause of freedom called and they've never let us down. Our most recent heroes, those still serving, carried on with the same dedication and valor as their colleagues before them. If we remember that their dedicated service is in defense of our freedom, and if we understand that they put their lives on the line so we might enjoy justice and liberty, then their sacrifices will not be in vain. This is our obligation, and this has been the spirit of Veterans Day from the beginning. In the long history of the world, only a few generations have been granted the role of defending freedom in its hour of maximum danger. Ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Ah, oh, just great stuff, great stuff on this Veterans Day. And you know, you listen to Je you listen to John Kennedy there, and he and he sounds. You think about the current president and the one before that for not well, not, not Trump, but but Obama for eight years. What they sounded like. I mean, and Kennedy sounds like Reagan compared to uh, the the two past Democratic presidents who went around the world apologizing for America, who uh, never talked about liberty, never talked about. I mean, just a, what a difference. Oh, God. Yep. Just unbelievable difference. So, 
Um, all right, live from Studio 6B, we got some things to get to. We got Crazy Town coming up. Slick Rick, I felt like I cut you short there in sports. What else is uh, what else? No, is I'm good, Big you? D. Oh, you got me good. I, got, I wanted to get that story about John Madden on Thanksgiving Day. You remember the Duncan? He's famous for that famous <laughs> turkey that he came up with that great name with the, what is it, eight-legged turkey there? Yes. <laughs> good yep, stuff. That's so. great. Those, those days were great with Madden when he was calling Thanksgiving Day games. I'm glad they're recognizing him. I'm glad they're honoring him. He deserves it. Growing up as a kid, we always traveled to my dad's side of the family up in Auburn, New York. Way up there. Um, yeah, and, man, I can remember we used to eat around the big table, and then we would watch uh, the Lions. Of course, the Lions were always the first game of the day, and Madden was usually there with the eight-legged. I mean, I just such <laughs> Always the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, I always yeah. seem to remember it was. It always seemed to be Detroit versus Dallas. Like, didn't they play a <laughs> no. lot against each other? Detroit always played the 1 o'clock game, as oh, they okay. do today, and Dallas the uh, 4 o'clock game, 4, 4.30 game. And the reason being yep. is they were the only two teams to take on Thanksgiving back in the 60s. Nobody else wanted to play, and they both jumped on it, right. and the NFL is grand father them to this day yeah man you eat a big meal sit down and watch the game you pass out in the chair about five minutes into the first quarter it's just, <laughs> you do not me <laughs> and, and then you wake up and and you go eat some There's pie and then go pass out pie. again yeah. and yeah and, oh man it was great great stuff great times uh still good thanksgiving still good still still fun so um all right great stuff uh let's do crazy town Let's do Crazy Town. We got Crazy Town. Uh, I know Slick Rick's been looking forward to this. Speaking of that, and uh, the president and how he speaks, Biden delivers climate <laughs> remarks. Oh man, it's, this is going to be good. This is great. Oh come on, Biden <laughs> delivers. We just had JFK and Reagan. I mean, might yeah. as well keep the roll yeah. going, right? Yeah, sure. yeah. Let's keep the English language pushing forward here. Uh, Biden delivers climate remarks in Egypt. Roll it, G. It's Veterans Day. I want to thank one proud American veteran, a lifelong public servant, a dear friend, and literally one of the most decorated men to fight, Special Envoy for Climate, John Kerry. John, your commitment, your passion, your diplomatic expertise have been absolutely oh critical, absolutely critical to delivering incredible progress on climate issues over the past two years. And I thank you, pal. I thank you for being my friend. According to the World, the World Meteorological Organization, the past eight years have been the warmest on record. The climate crisis uh, is about human security. It's not true. Economic security, environmental security, national security, and the very life of the planet. We immediately rejoined the Paris Agreement. I apologize you ever pulled out of the agreement. We established major economic and major economies forum. We're making our power grid <laughs> better able to transmit clean energy, expanding public traffic, transit and rail. What? Building nationwide network of electric vehicle charging stations, over 50,000, $368 billion <laughs> to support clean electric clean electric electricity electric everything air? from onshore electric well, offshore yeah. wind to, to distributed solar climate smart agriculture and forestry and more to help make the transition to a low carbon future more affordable for everyone accelerate the carbonation beyond our borders our significant climate investment will quote help about turbocharge <laughs> The emerge the energy the assuming turbo turbocharge the turbo. emerging global clean energy clean energy oh my economy. look he's just malfunctioning quote sorry oh <laughs> my goodness a good climate policy is good economic policy 
I introduced the first piece of climate legislation in the United States Senate <laughs> way back in 1986, yeah, that 36 years ago. We're racing forward to do our part to avert the climate hell that the UN Secretary climate General hell. so passionately warned about earlier this week. We're also making sure that every dollar we deliver goes as far as possible, unlocking, lar un unlocking larger pools of finance and the trillions wow. of private investment we know that will be needed. And everywhere, and every, like everywhere in the world, climate adaptation in Africa is working toward energy transmissions that just means creating good jobs, spurring inclusive economic growth, and leaving no one behind as we implement the sustainable development Sometimes goals. I feel like he skipped the line. Folks, yeah. now I know He's this has been a difficult few time, years. Right? It's more urgent than ever that we double down on our climate commitments. Russia's war only enhances the urgency of the need to transition the world off its dependence uh, on fossil fuels. Of course it does. He's, True he's running out of steam. energy security means every nation, means that every nation is benefiting from clean, diversified energy future. No action, no action can be taken without a nation understanding that it can use energy as a weapon and hold the global economy hostage. It must stop. And that's why the United States is rallying the world around climate game changers. Reduce U.S. U.S. methane emissions. Whatever. From covered sources. You know the thing. Another game changer is conserving our natural environment. And those of our able should be chipping in to help those countries, in fact, preserve those great forests. <laughs> this is uh, it's going to take all of us. It's going to take all of us. Ugh. If we can accelerate actions on these game changers, we can reach our goal. We can keep it within reach as well. Of destroying the entire economy. To bend the emissions curve, every nation has needs to step up. I came to the presidency determined to be a trend, make the transformational changes that are needed, that America needs to make, and we have to do for the rest of the world. As I stand here before you, we've taken enormous strides to achieve that. <laughs> but I don't stand here alone. So let's reach out and take the future in our hands. Thought those voices were in and his make head. the world we wish to see and that we know we need. Wow, that's inspiring talk from wow. the leader of the world. I mean, I, it, it is really amazing that the more you hear them talk about this degrowth, uh, green utopia, that people still take it seriously. Like, who can listen to that? And, and, and first of all, it's like so, the nomenclature is just so like busy and this, oh God, it just makes you just, what are you saying? What are you saying? I thought he was Say it in English. <laughs> You thought what? I thought he was turbocharged. <laughs> he thought he was turbocharged. Turbocharged. For a little while, then he started to gas out. Again, anytime we talk about this, I don't know how to make it. To talk to me on my level about this, I, I don't know how, what, what could be better than the George Carlin. I mean, I'd subscribe to the George Carlin take on this whole thing. And he's lying about the temperature of the planet. And I think it was NASA's numbers, if I remember off the top of my head. Um, that we referenced the last time they were put out that said that's not true.
that I, I think I'd have to look it back up, but even if it I was the hottest believe- years on record, we haven't been able to accurately record temperature for more than like, I, I can't imagine at the most like a hundred years. So yeah, there's thousands I, I of think years, it's about 150 years. I think they've got it down to, but yeah, geo geo's correct because everything else before that was never really kept. They didn't really keep logs. They didn't, the, 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 the technology wasn't there to record all this stuff. And now he's like, well, so the 10 hottest years on record. No, they're not. Maybe at your house, Joe, because they have to crank up the, uh, the heat in the winter to, to keep your old bones from, from, you know, stiffening up too much. But that's yeah, about I mean, it. We've, we've talked about this so many times. And again, I'm not smart enough to get into the weeds on it, but I subscribe to the George, the, the, the arrogance of these people who think that they can control Mother Earth, who's yeah. been here for how many billions of years? The industrial, great industrial revolution was what the 1920s. We're talking about. I mean, the the idea that we are having this great effect on this little ball of gas that's been around for a couple billion years, and that we're going to so greatly change it by what we're doing, and that they're going to control it or change it. I mean, it it it's just. Yeah, it's basically the 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 bad guy in in an underdog cartoon, Simon Bar Sinister with his with his weather machine, he'll rule the world. That's basically that's basically what we've been boiled down to. That's what they want us to believe that they can if you give them enough money, don't worry. At the some Earth point, will, will say that's enough money, I'll stop getting hot. At some point in that speech, he says the biggest emitters have to take responsibility, but China's not doing anything. So I guess when he sees Xi Jinping in a couple of days, he'll uh, he'll set him straight. Oh, I'm yeah. sure he'll set oh, him sure. straight. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I'm sure he'll set all of the emitters straight. <laughs> I mean, we're in the best shape of any of them, of course. We're the only one who ever tries to do anything about it. And it, whoa, I'm sorry we pulled out. Oh. All right, odds makers coming up. Yeah. Wrap it up. For a Friday night, Slick Rick's going broke. <laughs> oh. I like. 6B on a Friday night. We'll wrap it up here in a little bit. We'll get to the odds makers. One of the articles I was thinking about in that climate uh, discussion we just had, former NASA climatologist Dr. Roy Spencer discovers 100% of global warming models over predict global warming. And of course, we've gone through all of the uh, disasters. I've gone through that, that, that um, I forget where it's from, but that great compilation they put together of all the headlines we by now we're supposed to be frozen, flooded yeah. out, um, underwater. Um, I think in a deep freeze, like a Star Wars deal. I mean, we're supposed to have a severe drought and dust bowl. Yeah, yes, everything by now, like twelve times over. So I mean, it's just the arrogance of these people. But they gotta, you know, they gotta scare you about now so they can sell you tomorrow. You know. Scary about today, so they can sell you tomorrow. But that's the way well, it has Vegas, to go. Vegas, I believe people were buying lakefront, I mean, uh, oceanfront property in Vegas because they were expecting the water to rise so high, right? <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes, I'm sure they were. That's why um, 
Well, the president who pushes this the most, of course, is Obama in his eight years. Um, he decided to spend his, you know, his hundreds of millions of dollars he made in this systemic country of everything um, on, well, Martha's Vineyard, which the last time I checked, I think it's an, an island surrounded by water, isn't it not? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And he's sure. got he's got beachfront property there. And don't forget about Hawaii. He's got a brand new pad in Hawaii, too. There, don't worry, I hear, I heard Hank Johnson is watching over it for him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hear there's some uh, water there, too. So, all right, it's time now on a Friday, which means only one thing. It's time for the Oddsmakers featuring Slick Rick, Rick Gamerati. All right, Big D, I think I'm going to be doubling down on all some right, game Slick changes. Rick, let's get the current status of where we are. Put it up, G, as the music plays. The nervousness builds big pick this is big slick rick standing at 17 5 in the green coming off a bad whatever it was monday night pick bad weekend stands at 17 5 started the season at 37 something oh he's down 20 times (laughs) the picks going into this weekend i can't get him to up his amount so we'll have to stay with his is amounts, I guess. But Slick Rick, let's go. Game one, pressure's on. Where are we going? I think my money's being reduced by inflation, Big D. I think that's really the problem here. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. All right. Let's go with some game changes here. All right. Week 11. Here you go. Uh, noon. I got a good one. Purdue at Illinois. Uh, I'm going to take Illinois. Uh, give me the Illinois. Number 21, Illinois. Minus six and a half. Laying it at home, Big D. Illinois minus six and a half, seven and two on the year. Purdue only five and four. Yeah. Yet Illinois laying under that number of seven, laying the easy six and a half. So all they got to do is win by a touchdown. Illinois is pick number one for Slick Rick. Looks a little too easy for me to be on Illinois, so I'm happy with that pick. Uh, that's uh, that's more money in my mattress. Uh, Slick Rick, what's game number two? <laughs> well, I flip-flopped with this game back and forth, couldn't make a decision, and finally, I'm after looking that's at the not, numbers, Big D. That's not good, that's not good Slick <laughs> I Rick. know, I know. But anyway, in Missouri and at uh, Tennessee, well, I'm hoping that uh, they create a little misery for the Vols. And uh, I'm going to go with Missouri getting, I have plus 20 and a half, but that might, it might be 19 and a half. What, what number you have on that? What time is that game, Slick That's Rick? a noon game. Yep. Oh, noon game. Uh, Tennessee minus 20. Okay, 20 it is. I'm going to take the 20 with Missouri. Uh, they're 3-0 and against the spread on the road. Good defense, fifth defense, best defense in the league in the NCAA. So I'm going to take, uh, I'm taking Missouri, and I'm going to take the 20 on the road, Big D. Okay, very good. Missouri plus the 20 over Tennessee is game number two. What's game number three? Uh, game number three at 330. Okay. This one always kills me. I know I'm betting against the Crimson Tide again. I think that they're on a downslide, and Saban is a has-been. No, I'm only kidding. But uh, I'm going to go. I'm going with Mississippi. Mississippi, Big D, plus 11 and a half at home. Give me the Rebels to run it up. I'm going with the Rebels. Mississippi, plus All right, Ole Miss, Ole Miss, plus 11 and a half over Alabama. Alabama coming off the loss to LSU, where they lose on LSU going for the two-point conversion in overtime. Alabama's going to be upset, probably out of the college playoff. But yeah. uh, that's I, I like that play. If I had to be on that game, I'd probably be on Ole Miss, plus 11 and a half too, Slick Rick. Um, with a total of 65 and a half. So the odds makers think it's going to be a shootout. 
All right, what's game number four? All right, we're going out to Cali. A 10.30 p.m. start. I love betting those late games. Keep me up late with that uh, maybe a little whiskey. No. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to take Arizona at UCLA. Big D, 10.30 start. As I said, give me Arizona on the road, plus 19.5. I don't see UCLA winning by three scores. UCLA is number 12, and Arizona is really right now currently not in the top 25. But I'm taking Arizona, plus 19.5. Arizona plus 19 and a half over eight and one UCLA who's ranked and is at home total in that game 77 and a half man that thing's gonna be a lot of points there <laughs> let's hope UCLA doesn't have all of them for your sake all right slick Rick there you go there's your four college games let's go to Sunday week 10 in the NFL, what's game number one? Well, we're going to go to one of your favorite places in the world, Big D, Germany, 9.30 a.m. I'm going to have Bratwurst, Bloody Marys. I'm going to sound like Nancy. Hello, Sunday morning. I'm getting, that's going to be that game. We're watching NFL early, 9.30 in the morning. Good morning. Uh, give me Seattle plus three against Tampa Bay. I'm taking Seattle plus three. Okay. Six and three, Seattle. It looks great playing the lousy Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have as a quarterback who's getting divorced. Just lost a lot of his net worth in FTX, That's and right, the team is <laughs> the team is four and five on the air, and yet they're the favorite, Tampa Bay, two and a half, and you're going to take Seattle plus the two and a half. All right, all right, two and a half. I'd be, on the, I'd be on the other side of that game, so I'm I like that pick because that looks way too easy to take Seattle. So good for you, good luck. What's game number two? All right, game number two, another 1 p.m. This is a 1 p.m. game. Cleveland at Miami, down in Miami. Three, uh, Miami laying three and a half at home. I like the Dolphins. Give me the Dolphins three and a half. All right, Dolphins minus three and a half. Tua uh, has played extremely, extremely well. Miami is six and one when he plays, starts, and finishes the whole game. Um, six and three on the year, but six and one when he starts. So... Uh, Dolphins minus three and a half is game number two. What's game number three? 425, game of the week, NFL game of the week on Fox. Who am I going to take? I'm taking my Dallas Cowboys going to the frozen <laughs> tundra, but it won't be frozen. Yep, Mike McCarthy goes back to his old team playing Aaron Rodgers. My Green Bay has lost five in a row. I am a little nervous because I don't know Rodgers to lose six in a row, but I think Dallas is going to pull away at the end. They're laying four and a half on the road. Dallas is two and nine. Lambeau in their history, including the old ice bowl, but it won't be that cold on uh, on this Sunday, Rick. So uh, I'm going to go Dallas minus four and a half over Green Bay. All right. Game number three, Dallas minus four and a half over Green Bay on the road at Lambeau. That's a tough place to play, but you're right. Green Bay all out of sorts. Green Bay loses to Detroit last week. Aaron Rodgers looks uh, extremely frustrated, so going with your Cowboys. All right, what's game number four, Slick Rick? Last but not least, the 820 game. I always play Sunday night because I'm ready for some football. I'm going to take the L.A. Chargers over San Francisco in San Francisco, plus seven. That's it. Give me Justin Herbert. I'm taking the Chargers. I know that I think they'll, that'll be a tight game. Niners may win, but I don't think they're going to win by more than seven. All right, Chargers plus seven over the Niners. That's pick number four in the NFL. That's going to do it for a week 10. That's your odds makers for a Friday night. <laughs> All right, Slick Rick, and that's 25 on each game? Yes, 25 on each. Come on, we got, All we right, got 20 very on good. the line. Anything else in news, uh, Rick Delgado, you want to get to? Um, uh, these these are a little long, but I did want to acknowledge a couple couple passings real quick. Uh, Kevin Conroy, the definitive voice of Batman in animation and gaming, has passed away at age 66. Mm. His deep and raspy voice shot him to stardom as the title character in Batman the Animated Series between 92 and 1996. And he's been a voice uh, in 15 films, 60 different productions, including video games. I mean, just, just a 
uh, one of those guys that you don't know, but you know when you hear his voice. And another quick passing legendary comedian, Gallagher, has passed at 76. Oh. He was surrounded by his family in Palm Springs, most famous for, of course, smashing watermelons. He died in California. Um, sad passing for comedian Gallagher. All right, as always, and especially on a Veterans Day, we honor all our military who have served this country, all law enforcement, all emergency personnel, everybody on the front lines protecting us, but especially all of our veterans today. We think we honor them, everything they've done for this country and our freedoms and liberty we enjoy. Thanks, guys, on the show. Uh, thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, thank you to Live from Studio 6B audience. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. We'll see you on Monday night right here live from Studio 6B.